Today's reading comes from John chapter 4, verses 4 to 38. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar, near the plot of ground Jacob has given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It is still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour.
Hi friends, I'm Kathy Bates. Today we're continuing our series being reminded of what it means to, to live a different story, especially as we navigate our way through COVID. I reckon we have seen the best and the worst in people through this COVID experience. The best has been the care of people, um, not only within PBC, but also beyond. Remember early on um, in the early days of restrictions, just remember when kids were reeling and um, a bunch of thoughtful people decided that they would put teddy bears in windows for the sake of the kids. My cat thought this was a great idea to join in on. And remember when panic buying caused shelves to be empty and toilet paper became a thing? And I think we're going back there again. But I remember that first time round, just a lady in Winston Hills witnessed an elderly person who had gone to great lengths to get to the shops and was very distressed at being unable to buy toilet paper. And so this this woman who'd witnessed it decided that she would become the self-appointed community distributor. And so if people had extra toilet paper, they could bring it to her. And when people had need, they could contact her and she would take it to them. Just untold um, kindness and thoughtfulness. Another incident I remember from those early days of lockdown was witnessing just a, a guy in IGA paying for the groceries of an elderly lady who lives up our street. Just random generosity. We have seen the best of human nature. But I also think we have seen the worst. We have heard horrific stories of domestic family violence. Now, I know that domestic violence is always a thing. But through this COVID experience, there has been a 38.7% increase in domestic assaults that have been reported in the Borkham Hills and Hawkesbury areas. And of course, in seeing the worst, in late May, George Floyd was killed by police brutality. And it was the third such killing in two weeks. And it became a tipping point where people all over the world said, enough is enough. Black Lives Matter, Indigenous and First Nation people matter. People matter. And so we're doing this series called Living a Different Story. What does scripture speak into, into this context that we find ourselves in as we observe the worst? Who are we called to be? How are we called to engage? There's a story in John 4 that Eleanor and Gret read to us that I believe speaks into this. And did you notice that as they, they read that story, that it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria? You know, geographically, he actually didn't. In fact, most Jews, especially Jewish rabbis, would choose to avoid going through Samaria because of the long-standing racial conflict between Jews and Samaritans. Samaritans were considered to be racial half-breeds. This was a prejudice that had gone back hundreds of years. And it it all started when Assyria took um, Samaria captive and they deported the Jews of substance and they imported people from other nations. And so um, they brought their own gods. They intermarried with the Jews. And so the, the Jews who were left in Samaria weren't racially pure. And then added to that, they only accepted the first five books of the Bible. And so 
they didn't recognize Jerusalem as the place for God's temple. And so they built their own in Mount Gerizim and all of that built up this long-standing racial divide between Jews and Samaritans. And so when John says that Jesus had to go through Samaria, geographically, he didn't. There was an alternate road. But relationally and spiritually, he did. Because he needed his followers to know that there are no racial divisions in the kingdom of God. Tired from the journey, Jesus sits down by a well and there he encounters a Samaritan woman and he asks her for a drink and they strike up a conversation. And to us, that might seem pretty normal. But in Jesus' day, no self-respecting rabbi would have a conversation with a woman. I mean, this wasn't God's instruction. This was religious rules. For It was thought that for a rabbi to speak to a woman was just a waste of time. And as for Samaritan women, the Jews taught that they were perpetually unclean. And so why did Jesus have this conversation with a Samaritan woman? Because he needed his followers to know that not only are there no racial divisions in the kingdom of God, but there are also no gender divisions. But not only is she a Samaritan and a woman, in the course of conversation, we also learn that she has this whole immoral life going on as well. And though Jesus knows all about her checkered past, even that doesn't cause division between them because Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save people from their sin. It doesn't matter what race you are, what gender you are, what your past has been. Jesus is for you and he offers you new life. And so Jesus strikes up a conversation with the Samaritan woman, but this is no superficial chit-chat. I mean, at first it does appear to be just an everyday ask, can you give me a drink? But Jesus uses it to springboard into a spiritual conversation about living water. And initially she doesn't understand that Jesus is speaking metaphorically. You know, she takes this, this offer of living water at face value because in this part of the world there was, there was still water that would come from a well as most water did. And then there was living water that, that was water that moved as in a river. And that was obviously the freshest. And so she, that's what she thought Jesus was offering her. And you know, even if it had been just that, that would have been an act of kindness in itself. So he's got her attention. But then he helps her see the spiritual significance of the offer he's just made. We know that later in John chapter 7, Jesus would declare publicly to the Jews that he is living water. This is what he said to them. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, As scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were to later receive. I want you to notice this because this is part of the esteeming of this woman. Before Jesus would declare publicly to the Jews that he is living water, first of all, he declares it to this Samaritan woman. I just want to make sure that you really are seeing the extent of Jesus' grace here. He's talking to a Samaritan woman. 
He's talking with her about spiritual matters, which rabbis didn't do. And he reveals his identity to her before going public to the Jews. But not only is he offering her information, he is offering her living water, salvation and grace. For this woman who has lived her whole life knowing that she is disdained by most, Jesus offers her acceptance and inclusion into the kingdom of God. Jesus' whole mission was to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And here's the good news. In God's kingdom, there is no racial divide. There is no gender divide nor any other division. Jesus came that we might become one new people in him. Paul puts it like this in Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. If there are no divisions in the kingdom of God and we're called to proclaim and bring the good news of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, then as Christ followers, divisions of race and gender can't exist in our hearts. They can't exist in our homes or in our communities. Right now, we live in some of the most divided times ever. All around the world, people are putting up barriers that divide. There are gender divisions, racial divisions, political divisions, and often social divisions, who's in, who's out, based on trivial criteria. But Jesus came to make us one in him. So what does it mean for those of us who follow Jesus to live a different story, the kingdom story in the world today? Why don't you hit the pause button at this point? And if you're watching with others, share your thoughts and ideas. What does it mean for us to live and proclaim the kingdom, that in the kingdom of God, there are no divisions? How should we stand against injustice? How are we to interact with individuals who are victims of division? These are tough questions to wrestle with. I really hope that you had a go at answering them. Can I share with you some thoughts that I had? If we're going to live a different story, firstly, we need to be aware of what is going on on a world stage and also in our local communities and make our voices heard. Injustice against um, races, injustice against women is never okay. Beth, you're one of the leaders of our PBC Catalyst Group. And so I I just wanted to throw to you and ask, what are some of the ways that we can make our voices heard? Because I think sometimes we have a heart for issues of injustice, but we're not sure what to do about it. 
Yeah, you're so right, Kathy. Um, firstly, understanding the scriptures and uh, the heart of God and the God of justice that we serve is so important as we then recognize um, that we are created in his image and we serve with his heart and with his desire for justice as well. Um, secondly, it would be attending different events that are held by Indigenous leaders or held by women's shelters that are from their perspective. It enables us to understand from their view instead of from our own or from our own prejudices when we actually uh, step into their world and hear their voices. Um, we give them a platform and then we understand how to better respond. Another great way of using your voice is to actually write a letter or an email to your local MP or even to the Prime Minister. Um, we can't be fooled into the idea that an email or a letter won't actually have any significance. But in fact, it does. Time and time again, we have seen how when we have joined together our voices, it's actually made um, great changes in the past and changes for the better. So we can definitely come together and write letters, write emails to um, people in positions of power so that they can understand those perspectives too. And another way would just be to come alongside people in these situations to hear their story, again, so that our hearts and our minds are shaped by that understanding. And then when we go out and speak, we speak from their perspective as well, not just our own. Mm, that's great. That means it's it's so important to have practical ways that we can um, make our voices heard. Um I know you have some suggestions of just some, some websites that people can look at, some community action groups where people can just gain a better insight and um, information about some different areas. So we'll pop those on the screen as well. The second thought that I had about living a different story really comes from what Jesus models in John 4, and that is that he came alongside the ones you know, I think it's one thing for us to be incensed by injustice, you know, on this mass scale, but it really is that healing for people will come one by one. And so it may be um, for us, you know, just keeping an eye out for those who are oppressed or are victims of um, of division in some way, whether that be in our workplace or in our community, um, our neighbourhood, um, it, it could be just even a random person that we meet um, and just crossing the divide and coming alongside them. And, and you've talked already about the value of hearing someone's story. And I guess in this case, you know, that, that valuing the one to hear their individual story. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm always amazed that, you know, I might carry sort of all prejudice and have, you know, a group of people kind of labelled and put in a box. But when I come alongside one person and I hear their story that my heart gets shaped and and um, softens yeah. toward the whole issue that that they would represent have you had an experience like that yeah absolutely I used to be quite prejudiced and I was so I didn't understand why women in particular would stay with a partner who was violent towards them um I would try and reconcile the idea of, oh, but they have children. I understand they're trying to keep their children together in a family unit. Um, why don't they just leave? But they That's just really need common, to leave. Yeah. yeah, and it's a thought that many of us have. And it wasn't until um, a dear friend of mine was going through this situation that I was able to recognize the signs and create opportunities to speak with her and into her life. 
And then she just spoke so much wisdom into my life and so much more understanding to me so that I could better understand why she was staying in this situation. But then by me listening, she was also more open to hearing the opportunities and the organizations that are out there to support her and her family and help her. That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Beth, for for just sharing that power of listening to someone's story and coming alongside. Crossing the divide and hearing someone's real-life story is so important. But did you notice in John 4 that Jesus takes it a step further? Because this isn't just about validating their story. It's also about sharing the good news that there is a place of acceptance and inclusion and love for all people where every person stands as equal. And that is in Christ. I don't know if I'd noticed this before, but in John 4, the Samaritan woman runs into town with the good news that she discovered and Jesus' disciples return from fetching food and there's this funny little interchange that they have with Jesus where they offer him food and he says, no, no, I, I have food that you don't know about and they're wondering, you know, where, where, where do you get this food from? And, and then Jesus lands this final teaching moment. He says, my food is to do the will of my father. And here it is. He says, there is a harvest that is so ready right now. There are people who God has made ready to hear the good news. In fact, their hearts are desperate to hear the good news of the kingdom, a kingdom of acceptance and inclusion, a kingdom of forgiveness and fresh starts. As a church, we began 2020 with the encouragement to be salt and light in the places where Jesus sends us every day so that we might find people of peace. You know, these are people who God is making ready to hear the good news. A bunch of us have started reading the Bible um, with our people of peace this year and God is doing beautiful things in people's lives. And it turns out that what Jesus says is actually true. There is a harvest that is so ready for the good news of Christ. And so some of us have been having a crack at doing Bible discovery method. And um, if you'd like to do that, you're welcome to get in touch with me. If you'd like to know more about what it means to look for a pe- uh, people of peace in your sent places, get in touch with me. We can just have a, a conversation about that. You know, I can honestly say that reading the Bible with my friend who is now walking with Jesus is honestly the best part of my week. I'm going to lead us in prayer in a moment. But before I do, the Lord has put on my heart that there may be some who are listening who know firsthand what it means to be affected by racial division or by violence in your family by gender division, or to be bullied for some other reason. I'm sorry for what you've experienced. And you need to know that it is not right and it is not what the Lord intended for you. But there is healing in Jesus Christ and there is inclusion in his kingdom. Our PBC family seek to embody oneness in Christ. If we can be alongside you and hear your story and help you discover a place of true love and acceptance in Christ, I really want to encourage you, please be in contact with me 
or with one of our pastoral team this week. We are convinced that what Jesus says and does in John 4 isn't just theory. His inclusion is real and life-changing and it is good news. Would you pray with me? Jesus, open our eyes to see our world and our communities as you see them. Help us to recognise those who are oppressed and who suffer injustice because of division. Jesus, give us your heart and resolve that we would raise our voices against injustice and that we would go out of our way to cross the divide and come alongside the ones. Help us to embody your grace and love and to share the good news of the kingdom because there are people that you are making ready. Oh God, move us into action. And Lord, we also want to pray for those who know the pain and injustice of prejudice and discrimination, those who are oppressed or abused. Lord, today we pray that they would hear your invitation of inclusion and acceptance. We pray for healing. And we pray for courage to reach out to someone in our PBC family that might come alongside as Jesus did in the story that we've looked at today. In Jesus' name, amen.